0: You're listening to On The Record.
1: On The Record. That really rubbed me the wrong way because AT&T was a huge beneficiary of the federal tax cut and promised to create jobs. Instead, what we see them doing is eliminating really good jobs in our state.
0: After AT&T announced earlier this year that it's closing its Meriden call centers, lawmakers are considering stricter notification requirements. Today on The Morning Record, we take a look at the legislation. The bill would require 100 days notification from companies looking to close substantial portions of their call centers with a penalty of up to $10,000 per day for non-compliance. It would also make companies ineligible for state assistance in the future and could require repayment of past benefits. Senator Julie Kushner explains why this bill, an expansion of existing federal requirements, is necessary, while Representative Craig Fishbein expresses his concerns. Today is March 25th, I'm Mike Savino, and this is The Morning Record. So we are now joined by Senator Julie Kushner. She's one of the co-chairs of the legislature's uh, Labor and Public Employees Committee. Julie, thanks for joining me.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Good. So uh, we're talking with Julie about uh, some legislation aimed at call centers, in particular when call centers like the AT&T call center here in Meriden Uh, look to close all or at least uh, substantial parts of their operation, uh, that it would trigger certain requirements. So uh, Julie, I guess first off quickly, what is it that this bill would uh, do in situations like this?
1: Well, this would provide us with more notice when a call center intends to close its operation. And you know, what's so essential about that to me is that if we're all about keeping jobs here in Connecticut. So if we have more notice of a intended closure it gives us the opportunity to really get involved and see if there's anything we can do to make sure that we are making efforts to keep good jobs here in Connecticut.
0: And um, so, you know, once this this notification is given, would there be efforts, uh, what kind of efforts could be done to try to keep these jobs here?
1: Well, I know that in, in the case of other employers, when we've known that they were heading toward a move or a layoff or a bankruptcy, you know we have gotten involved a state at times and said are there things we could do to mitigate it like are there ways we could help out the business um, are there ways we could you know look at facilitating negotiations so that you know we brought down costs and you know, so there's a lot of work that can go into it and I think the other thing is to make sure that our communities are aware that this change is coming and see if there are things like that could be done to provide, let's say it was that they felt they needed more technical workers. Um, you know, what can we do to facilitate relationships with technical schools? You know, there's a lot that can be done, but also sometimes it's just important to make sure we I on notice and the community knows it's coming. Um, and particularly in the recent instance of AT&T decided to close its call center here in Connecticut. Now that really rubbed me the wrong way because AT&T was a huge beneficiary of the federal government tax cut and promised to create jobs for every billion dollars saved in taxes. They were going to create 7,000 jobs. Instead, what we see them doing is eliminating really good jobs in our state. And to me, you know, it's important that the public has time not just to hear about this, but to digest it and respond to it.
0: Some of the criticism that we've seen, uh, particularly from from call centers and and, uh, from the business community at large, is, uh, you know, there is a federal requirement already, uh, the federal requirement being 60 days, the state law, this proposal would require 100 days to to the state, um, and that the the fine, the potential fine of $10,000 a day uh, that notice isn't given uh, is significantly higher than at the federal level. So... You know why why do we need this at the state level and why the uh, the seemingly uh, more the more strict the stricter requirements
1: well I think we I believe we need more time to really address the problem and that 60 days is enough time and that if we increase the amount of time the chances are better that we're going to find solutions so that's number one in terms of increasing the amount of time In terms of the penalty you know we want to make sure the penalty is strict enough that it will actually cause some change in behavior. Uh, If companies feel like they can pay the fine and, you know, ignore the statute, then that doesn't do us any good. So I think it, it really is to deter companies from
0: violating any statute that we enact on this issue. Uh, the other component of this bill is that, um, you know, it does also address uh, companies who may be getting uh, some kind of incentive from the state, whether it be aid or, or tax breaks. Um, and and if a company got one within five years prior to an announcement like this, uh, they would have to potentially pay back. Also, it could uh, mean that they're not eligible for the next five years for any operations that remain in the state. Um why we, we've seen other recipients of state aid, uh, including in, in our coverage area, Alexion, but also, uh, you know, I think ESPN has either some of them have laid off jobs or, or moved operations after receiving uh, sizable state aid. Uh, certainly, this bill targets call centers in particular, but why, are, with this component of the bill, are we only looking at call centers and, and not maybe some of the other companies? Who've received state aid and then not uh, kept jobs here?
1: You know, I remember when we first, uh, many years ago, probably 20 years ago, we started talking about good corporate behavior and corporate responsibility when they get corporations get subsidies from the state or any kind of tax assistance or tax breaks that they should, you know, be good corporate citizens and they need to fulfill the promises they make and they need to stay in the state. And so this kind of clawback type uh, language, you know, isn't unusual. Uh, and we have seen it before in Connecticut. But I think right now targeting the call centers is because, you know, there's no doubt that it's because of the recent action by AT&T, such a prominent company and such, you know, at a time when we're trying to build up new jobs, bring in new industries, and we see something like AT&T taking advantage like that. I will tell you that the thing that irks people the most, and you hear it when you talk to you know, people who live here in Connecticut, is when we give have tax giveaways, and then the companies either don't come through, or they end up they're coming through for a short time and then reneging on the promises that they made. and That drives people crazy, because these are good, hard-earned tax dollars, and we don't want to see companies taking advantage of it.
0: And then uh, the other criticism that we've seen is that, uh, you know, certainly anytime we, we talk about business regulations here in Connecticut, uh, there's a concern that it will make us seem business unfriendly. And, and certainly we've, we've ranked low uh, on some of these rankings in, in recent years. Um, do you think that that's something that will uh, hold this bill up? Or are you optimistic that... Uh, um, Other lawmakers will will share your concerns about what's happened here in Meriden and other call centers in recent years and and that this they'll think that this is legislation that needs to pass.
1: You know, there's no question that we want to see Connecticut grow in terms of our jobs and in terms of the industries that we invite into the state. And, you know, I certainly have been a proponent of that. I think that most of the people who are leaders in labor are strongly advocating that. But we want to get the right kind of companies. We want to get companies that when they make a commitment, they're prepared to live up to that commitment. So unless you're looking to come here for a couple of years, grab a tax break and move away, this shouldn't deter you. If you're serious about the business you're bringing to our state, then you should be willing to make this commitment. And I think that, you know, I've talked to so many, I I talked to some smaller uh, call center, uh, you know, folks, and they would say, well, we already do this, we already treat our employees favorably, we already, you know, we're taking care that if we did have something like this happen, we would give generous notice. So if you're already planning to do those things, then you shouldn't have a problem with this bill. And if you're not planning on doing it, you're planning to have a short-term relationship with the state of Connecticut and our workforce, you know, I'm not sure those are the businesses we want to attract.
0: Senator, thanks for your time.
1: I appreciate you calling, and I appreciate your interest in the issue.
0: So we are now joined by State Representative uh, Craig Fishbein. He's a member of the Legislature's uh, Labor and Public Employees Committee, uh, and also hails from uh, our area in Wallingford. Craig, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Mike. So, uh, the, your committee, the public, uh, the the Labor Committee uh, and Public Employees um voted this week on this call center bill that we just heard Senator uh, Kushner talk about uh you and uh the the rest of the Republicans on the committee uh voted against the the bill so what concerns uh you about this legislation
2: Well one of the main things is
0: that we tried
2: to run an amendment that um restrained a call center that took some sort of financing from the state you know, tax abatement, some sort of grants or loans or something like that. Uh, have this provision just apply to them? Uh, because we are of a belief that if you take from government to prop up your business, you come under different rules. But this would apply not only to those companies, but also any call center. That came into the state of Connecticut in the future. And so, moving to the other argument, is the problem that we want to have businesses come to Connecticut. But if a, uh, you know, let's say Sprint is looking to put a call center somewhere in the country, and they say, well, you know, in Connecticut, uh, in order to get out, once we've made that business decision to get in, there's all these other restrictions they'll certainly think twice about bringing jobs to Connecticut. So it's another anti-business bill um, coming out of the Labor Committee. And, you know, unfortunately, it passed on solely political lines. And here we are.
0: Now, uh, this is something at the federal level that they're already required to do. Um, Obviously, this is an expansion of that. This would bring it from 60 days to 100 days. Uh, And certainly the fine for those who don't comply is is noticeably higher, Uh, but it doesn't actually stop companies from moving. Uh, So I guess what's the concern with having another 40 days of notification? Uh, As Senator Kushner said, um, you know, this could give the state an opportunity to maybe find a way to keep these businesses here. Sure. And it's just, you know, federal law has already
2: gone into this area, and time and time again, I see... Especially the labor committee and a uh, a bill that expands something. Certainly, this is not a pro-business bill, um, but the federal government has already determined that you know 60 days is appropriate. And here we go; we just enlarge it. So there's really no stats as far as why 100 days is more appropriate than 60, other than it being more. You know, why isn't it 90? Why isn't it 120? Why isn't it the 60 that's already in the federal law?
0: So you know, it's just a matter of economic development. Uh, and, and I found it interesting at the, at the beginning of this, uh, you had mentioned the you know the efforts to try to tailor this to um, you know businesses that that receive state aid. Um, Obviously, there's other language in there about uh, state aid, uh, particularly if a call center receives state aid. Um, you know, they would have to pay it back if they've received it in the last five years. Also, they wouldn't be eligible uh, for the next five years. That's different from what you're proposing. But would you support those portions of the bill?
2: I well, certainly support any clawback provisions like that. You know, generally, myself and, you know, the members of the conservative caucus, which I'm a part of, are against those kinds of programs. And, you know, if we take that money from the state in order to start our business or to perhaps grow our business, but then we're going to leave, I think the taxpayers are entitled to get the money back.
0: Uh, And and as far as this bill uh, moving forward, um, you know, obviously businesses have also raised the concern that This paints a picture that Connecticut is business, you know, anti-business, not friendly to business. Um, And as you raise the concern, um, you know, it it could deter call centers from coming here. Um, Are you hopeful that that will get an audience with the rest of the legislature? Um, Or do you think that, you know, going forward, this would, you know, the votes would seemingly break down the way they did uh, on the Labor Committee? Well, I guess
2: fortunately or unfortunately, we really haven't had a lot of votes on the House floor this year so far. So my forecasting of just how polarized votes are going to be, I really can't do with any knowledge. I certainly hope that my colleagues on the other side of the aisle are in favor of more businesses coming to Connecticut instead of shunning them away, as this bill would do. And I look forward to the debate and listening to their positions as well.
0: Sure. Representative, thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Morning Record. If you like what you heard, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Make sure you subscribe to our page so you know when new episodes are posted. You'll also discover all the other great content from the Record Journal's On the Record podcast series. Please give us a rating and review so that others can discover us too. Or cut out the middleman and just tell a friend or two. The opening theme was ground cayenne by the Good Loads. All on the Record Podcast are produced by R.J. Staff.